Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is season two, episode number 71, Teenage Life. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find me on anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Put those earbuds in and listen to Wide Open Spaces with Elise. This podcast evolved out of a global pandemic. When all of us were trying to figure out the quarantine thing, what we can do, what we can't do, wearing masks, trying to keep ourselves safe, hand sanitizer, you know what I'm talking about. This podcast evolved from that. During those days and days of staying home, I really felt like I could reach out to people out there, anywhere out there, that could relate to this new world that we're living in. And so I took my skills as a therapist and some journalism skills that I learned in college, and I created this podcast, Wide Open Spaces with Elise. You can also go to wideopenspaceswithelise.com and read some of my blogs and learn a little bit about me. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. This episode number 71, Teenage Life. I chose this topic today because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Should it be only a month? Of course not. But because it's highlighted, I'll highlight it. But obviously my podcast yearly is about mental health. But I decided how could I make this month a little bit different. So I'm picking specific topics that a lot of people don't like to talk about. It's hard. It's difficult to talk to people about. You're not sure if you should reach out to people about things. So I'm going to tap into that type of topics in this month of May. And hopefully, out of the ones that I do publish, there'll be at least one that you can relate to. Teenage life, I think I chose because I have a teenager. So not only am I aware and I have an older child, so I've already raised a full teen. Personally, I also worked with adolescents and pediatrics in unlocked and locked psychiatric units. And these teenagers suffered from varying mental illnesses. A lot of doctors don't like to diagnose children at young ages, but it seems to be becoming more prevalent to give diagnosis. And so it was my job to go in and through fun activities, tap into what was going on with them internally. Kind of like a bait and switch kind of thing where they're having fun doing an activity and in those moments, I can pull things out of them and discuss them with them or do activities that through writing or drawing or painting, their internal feelings come out. And so that's what I would do with adolescents and pediatrics when working in a psychiatric hospital or an outpatient program. Now, kids are complicated. I think kids are more complicated than any age group that's out there. Why? Because they're new. They're experiencing almost everything in life for the very first time. So think about as an adult... When you experience something for the very first time, when it's good, 
It's exciting. It's a rush. It's fun. You want to do more of it. When it's sad or tragic, they really don't know how to respond. It's almost like the neurons in their brain are are having a war with each other, trying to figure out what they're feeling. How should they respond? How should they act? And so because they're new and they're, they're like that caterpillar that hasn't turned into a butterfly yet. It hasn't gotten its cocoon and taken everything it's learned as a caterpillar and grow into a beautiful butterfly. And so kids are kind of like that caterpillar, just going with it and trying to figure it all out. And it's really so confusing. I mean, if you're an adult right now, try to tap back into that teenage brain of yours. I know it might be a little hard, but I even had a moment yesterday where a song came up and and I was telling my daughter about what it reminded me of. And then I thought about what age I actually was. And I said to her, oh my God, I was at this age. Isn't that crazy? And looking back on it, how differently my thought process was, and the way I saw things and the way I handled things. I mean... Growing up as a teenager was hard when I was a teenager, but we, as we all know, it's even harder now. It's so hard now. And the main component, I believe, is because of social media. Social media has caused them to isolate more, has caused them to think they're socializing when they're texting. They play games and keep themselves busy and then they don't have to socialize with people. Social media keeps them from their schoolwork. They become obsessed with it and then schoolwork falls behind and then the stress of that comes into play. The grades, not being able to keep your grades up, having to work so hard just to keep your grades up. When the girl next to you sitting in class doesn't even have to study to get those A's. It's tough being a teenager. And let's talk about the social arena. I mean, we all had social issues, no matter what age we are, whether you're 80, 17, or 40. There's always social issues in life. But as a teenager, it's so different because they don't have those coping skills yet, or they're evolving, or they're in the baby stages. And it can be just very disillusioning as a teenager to see the way adults and kids their own age act. And, you know, think about that little child, that young child going to kindergarten. I mean, everything is castles and rainbows and knights and princes and everything's so wonderful. But as you become a teenager and even preteens, you really start to learn that everything isn't so easy and just playing your, with your toys isn't what you do anymore. It becomes a complicated world to be a teenager. And I've learned so much through my own kids, my friends' kids, but especially through those kids that I worked with when I was in working in the psychiatric unit. Now, saying psychiatric unit isn't a bad thing. In the beginning of this, I stated 
It shouldn't be just a month of mental health awareness. It should be all year long. And the words psychiatric and mental health issues, major depression, bipolar disorder, and anxiety disorders shouldn't be looked at as something's wrong with you or you're bad or you don't work right, even as an adult. But imagine a teenager, a child going through this, not having any experiences to even tap into to try to figure out what to do. And the stigma of knowing something's not right with me. I don't feel right. But who do I tell and who do I ask? And will they think I'm broken? Will they think I'm sick, that I'm a crazy person? These are the things that go through teenagers' minds. And if you're a teenager listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're that parent or foster parent or aunt or uncle or sibling or grandparent, and you have a teen in your life, they're going through these things. There is not one teen who is immune to something, to stress, to anxiety. And as parents, we kind of hope our kids will be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. Why should our kids be perfect? That's what makes them unique. And we're there as their guides. I firmly believe that. Whether, like I said, grandparent, aunt and uncle, sibling, friend, parent, and there's a teen in your life and you're the adult. It's our responsibility to check in on them. But a lot of us don't because we're afraid to hear what they might say. We feel it may reflect upon us of not being a good parent. We may think, oh my God, my child has mental illness. My child isn't going to live a normal life. But that's not true. And that's why it's even more imperative If you have a teen in your life, or if you are a teenager, that we start to identify what's going on with them or what's going on with yourself. Because ignoring it, it doesn't go away. And I first decided on this topic, besides working with teens and having a teen, I just watched on Hulu, The Girl from Plainville. And she was the girl who was found guilty for texting another teen who was very depressed, had tried to kill himself at one time, and again was having suicidal thoughts, and she basically encouraged him to kill himself. According to the judge, she was found guilty for that. And it made me think of... That was back in 2014 when texting and everything, you know, was big, but I mean, now it's just a crazy thing uh, how obsessed these kids are. And do we know if our kids are texting their friends? Are their friends equipped for what kids are texting them? And it just got me thinking, and if you haven't seen The Girl from Plainville, it's it's really good. It's um, eye-opening if you have teenagers on why we do need to check in. And I don't mean checking in once but we need to keep checking it. 
So how do we do that without our kids shutting down? Right? I mean, let's be real. Most of our teens don't want to talk. Or if they do, it's limited, it's glossed over, it's not really what's going on with them. So if you sit your teen down after this podcast and go, so what's going on with you? They're going to clam up. Or they're going to give you a rosy picture. You need to come to your teen with words like, what's been going on in school with your friends? What have they been doing as far as clubs in school? Ask anything. What Are they interested in games like you do online? Do your friends like to read like you do? Do you have like a, a group of friends who like to read the same books? Talk about them. You'll know little things about your kids. And so then you can tap into those questions. And you don't ask one after the other. You ask just one. And get them to open up on their level. So that you don't feel like you're prying. And they don't feel like you are prying. And so it's kind of to get at their mental level. When you get at a teen's level, that's when they start to open up. If they look at you as an authority figure, they don't want to talk. They think they're going to get in trouble. They think they're going to be punished. And so teachers are always a great asset for this because they get a view into your kids that we don't see. So if a teacher does come to you and say, I have concerns, don't ignore it because they're seeing a side of your child that you may not be seeing. Teens nowadays go through so many struggles. And as an adult, when you feel depressed, you kind of know after time, I'm down, I'm depressed. But for a teen, at first, they don't know what it is. They feel numb. They don't feel like they feel anything. They feel detached, almost like they're in a room with a group of people, but they're alone. And they really don't know how to identify the emotions that they're going through. And some kids may have extreme highs and then extreme lows, and not knowing how to adjust to those extremes. And the anxiety, the anxiety today and the stress today is just off the charts. The pressure that these kids have to go to a college, not to just go to college, but to go to a certain college, and to go to that prestigious college. And if I don't get into that college, I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to feel worthless. Those SAT scores, if I don't score this level, I'm screwed. I'll never get into the school I want. This is so much pressure. We didn't have that kind of pressure when I was growing up. Yes, we had SATs, and yes, we applied to schools, but I mean, one of the the hardest schools in Florida I went to, and nowhere did I need what they need now. And nowhere were the academics in high school what they are now. It's almost like learning has become so competitive that kids are learning information that they're not even developmentally ready for yet because we're trying to get them so far ahead in such a fast amount, you know, little amount of time in such a 
fast way. And so the anxiety is there. I mean, the social anxiety, the competition anxiety of where you are ranked in your high school rankings. I mean, those rankings are some of the worst things that are for teens. Not if your teen is up at the top, but yes, guess what? Then they're fighting in those first three spots because they want to be valedictorian or solidatorian. And then the kids who are just way down, how does that make them feel? I don't believe in the rankings. I don't think school should have the rankings, but they do. So our kids have to deal with it. And then we need to help them deal with it. I want this podcast to get you thinking if you're a teen or if you have a teen, touch base with them. We may think we are, but we're not sometimes doing the best that we can. For me, I make sure that every day I sit with my teen, whether it's in the car on the way home, we go get a Starbucks drink, something, and just I let her free flow tell, and she tells me about her day. I'll just say, what's going on? Are you happy? Was it a happy day? Did you have anxiety today? Because that's an issue for all teens. And usually I don't even have to say anything because it's become a routine for us. And she tells me. I know she doesn't tell me everything. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. But I get the bulk of it. And in that time, I get a pulse on what her emotions are. I watch her body language. I watch her eye movements. I watch the sound and listen to the sound of her voice, how fast or how slow she's talking, to give me an idea of what's going on with her internally. And then I can help her to address it. If you have a teen who is struggling and you know they're struggling, get them help. Get them to a therapist. There's all the online therapy now, the teletherapy, which I think is fabulous. I mean, there's always a benefit to being in person. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I mean, my daughter takes piano lessons and she's been taking them virtually because of COVID. And in the past week or two to prepare for a recital, we've gone to her music teacher's studio. And it's different, absolutely, being there in person. But there's also a benefit in therapy of not being there in person because they're in the comfort of their own home, their safe place. Hopefully, it's a safe place. And it helps them open up to that therapist. And they can come immediately home from school if you set it up that way. And once a week or twice a week, have somebody to talk to, somebody that they know won't be on them 24-7 because of something they've said. And even if it's a suicidal thought, you want that to come out. That's the way you can help your teen through this. We can't be afraid to talk because of what we're going to find out. And that's a big reason why a lot of parents just don't ask. If everything looks nice from the outside, parents like to just think everything's great, but half the time it's not. And because we want to just deal with what it looks like is great, we don't dig deeper. And sometimes our children can really, really be struggling. And we have to, as our parent, be their guide to let them open up 
to a therapist, to you. And we have to be willing to heal, hear the sad, the bad, with the good. And as a parent, I know when you hear those sad things, it breaks your own heart. You don't want your child suffering. I sat in family therapy groups and listened to parents. No, they don't want their child suffering, which is why they were in the hospital. And if you're told your child needs medication, research it. You'll read the scary things about it, but you'll read the great things about it. And if your child's at that point where they're struggling so, they've tried every coping skill their therapist has given them. They do sports. They do art, whatever. And it's still not helping them. Then maybe prescriptions are the answer. Now, if your child is put on prescriptions, you need to ask the therapist or the doctor to talk to them about prescription drug abuse also because they are taking a medication and they need to know that it should be just the prescribed amount, no more, no less, to keep it at a therapeutic regimen for themselves, to stay in that zone where they feel even keeled. Now, there are many ways that therapists try to help their patients with mental health issues. One of them is music, and there's music therapist. As a recreational therapy therapist, we also use music. Music is that thing that you can tap into with your teenagers because what teen doesn't like music? I was in the car with my daughter today, driving her to school, and I don't even, I usually I know the songs she's listening to, and, and I can sing to them, she has them off her, her playlist, she plugs into my car radio, and they, the songs were all about being stabbed in the back, you're a traitor, you're, you did me wrong, and I'm like, I just looked at her and I said, you're in a mood today. Based on just her music, I knew what was going on with her. There's a social issue going on. How is she going to deal with it? And so it's interesting the ways that you can figure out what's going on with your teen. And so I like to use music. And I think that's the easiest way for a parent. And one thing you can do is... Think of a song, a lyrics of the song. Take away the music. It could be fast, it could be slow, ballad, whatever. Rap, reggae, doesn't matter. There are so many songs out there that deal with mental health. And you can use that song. Print out the lyrics. You can do this for your own self. This doesn't have to be just for teenagers. Print out the lyrics to just read the words. And sit down with your teen. You can either listen to the song or just use the words. Or listen to the song and then say, okay, now let's separate the music and just look at the words. And let's talk about the words. And how do these words make you feel? Opens it up for a whole conversation. Now, your team may look at you as being weird at first. And so maybe don't have the lyrics printed out. But have the song and just say, I heard this song today. And I want to know what you thought about it. And play the lyrics. And then say, 
you, you know all the words, right? Or should I print the lyrics out? And if they say, no, I've got all the words, say, you know, it made me feel a certain way. How does this song make you feel? And because it's music, it relaxes them and it makes them want to open up because they all love music so much. And so I had one of these moments. Um, I haven't used it at all. It was just, you know, as a therapist, you hear things, you see things, and all of a sudden you kind of store that and say, when can I use it? And this song came on the radio about two weeks ago, and it was one of those store that you're going to use it. And when I thought about the topic of teenage mental health, this song to me, not only the song, but the video is just so teen oriented. And so I want to read the lyrics to you. Um, and then I will, um, I think actually what I'll do is I'm going to tell you about the video first, and then I'm going to read the lyrics to you. And the song is called Numb Little Bug by M. Byhold. And her video, first of all, is a cartoon. And it's about a caterpillar. Do you remember how I compared teenagers to caterpillars? They haven't learned enough yet to be that butterfly. And she actually, and I use that analogy a lot. So when I saw her video, the cartoon video to the music, and she used a caterpillar, I just like, that jumped out at me right away. I mean, and she's young and how apropos it was. And um, I printed out the lyrics, which I will read to you today. But then I did a little research on her because her song really taps in to me of what a lot of teenagers go through, that not knowing what's going on, why am I feeling this way, what's going on with me. So I looked, went onto her website, and I even subscribed, and when this song, Numb Little Bug, came out, in the first day of being released, it had over a million downloads. And I thought, holy crap. It, they said it was one of the fastest downloads in the world. On, the, on its first day of being downloaded. And I thought, now I know why the song spoke to me, even as an adult. Because it's real. It really taps into what's going on within you. And her video uses just cartoons and colors that a teen and even a preteen can really relate to. And so I thought, not only is it the music, the sound, the words, but it's the visual too. And I mean, her song could literally, you could have a whole therapy session using just her lyrics and playing the video because she's young. I don't know if she's gone through these things, but I will assume because most writers it's things that they've gone through. And when I went to her website, um, and this is from M. Byhold's website, these are not my words, I was curious, and it said that she turns moments of anxiety and doubt and uncertainties of growing up into her lyrics. And that came from her website, so that's from M. Byhold's website. I have no rights to it. This is her song. I have no rights to it. I wish I could play it, but because I have no rights to it, I can't, but I can read you the words, the lyrics. And I thought, what an amazing person. 
Number one, that she's aware enough to what she was going through. That could put those words down on paper, create lyrics and music to it, and then put a video, not with her dancing and singing around, but a cartoon. And kind of not mature, but not babyish, just somewhere in the middle, so that when a teen is looking at it, they don't feel, oh, God, this is babyish, or this is, like, weird. It drew me in as an adult. And so I could only imagine how it would draw teenagers in. So I'm going to read you the lyrics. And to just give you an idea, as a parent, of a way that music and lyrics can help you with your teens. So this is called Numb Little Bug by M. Byhold. I don't feel a single thing. Have the pile done too much. Haven't caught up with my friends in weeks. And now we're out of touch. I've been driving in LA and the world, it feels too big. Like a floating ball that's bound to break. Snap my psyche like a twig. And I just want to see if you feel the same as me. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. Like you're hanging on by a thread, but you've got to survive. Because you got to survive. Like your body's in the room, but you're not really there. Like you have empathy inside, but you don't really care. Like you're fresh out of love, but it's been in the air. And I passed repair. A little bit tired of trying to care when I don't. A little bit tired of quick repairs to cope. A little bit tired of sinking. There's water in my boat. I'm barely breathing. Trying to stay afloat. So I get these quick repairs to cope. Guess I'm just broken and broke. The prescription's on its way with a name I can't pronounce and the dose I gotta take. Boy, I wish I could count. Because I just want to see if this could make me happy. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Do you not really happy but you don't want to die? Like you're hanging by a thread but you've got to survive. Because you got to survive. Like your body's in the room but you're not really there. Like you have empathy inside but you don't really care. Like you're fresh out of love but it's been in the air. Am I past repair? A little bit tired of trying to care when I don't. A little bit tired of quick repairs to cope. A little bit tired of sinking. There's water in my boat. I'm barely breathing, trying to stay afloat. So I got this quick repairs to cope. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. Like a numb little bug that's got to survive. That's got to survive. Check it out. Go to her website. Listen to M. Byhold's song with the music. Watch the video. Maybe this is a tool you can use. Do you notice what I read correlates to what I talked about that teenagers go through? She really hit the nail on the head because I assume she went through it or knew somebody who went through it. She really tapped into the feeling of teenagers feeling out of touch and not really knowing how to respond or how to react, but they want to live, they love life, 
they want to go to college and they want to get a job and find that special someone and have their own pets. They want those things. But something's going on inside of them and they don't know what it is and they're not sure what it is. And as the adult in their life, try to be that guiding light for them. Not in an obtrusive way, not in a way that you sound like you're interrogating them, but find ways that you can connect with them. You're a teenager. Even if you feel everything's great with them, there's always going to be a little something, and they may come out and tell you it. doesn't mean every team's got some catastrophic thing going on. I mean, there are kids who are loving life, but there's always something going on that kind of bothers them a little bit, and they just don't know how to deal with it because they've never had to before. So that's why it's important to check in with your teen. So my slogan to you is, have you checked in with your teen lately? If you haven't, don't just jump into it today. Think about how you want to approach them. Think about what is their passion and how you can use that passion to get them to open up. You don't want to be their friend, but you don't want to be their parent at that moment either. You don't want them to feel like you're going to punish them. You want them to be able to learn that they can open up to you. And you may hear things that just make you feel so uncomfortable or sad or frightened for your child. But the point is now you know and now you can get them help. And when they say they need help, please get them the help that they need. It's the ones who don't that things happen that we can't take back sometimes. And so if you have a teen in your life, check in on them. See how they're doing. We're coming on summer. It's the end of the school year. It can be very stressful with them for finals and end-of-the-year projects and even your teenager college students. So check in. And your preteens. Some of them are getting ready to go to high school, and that's overwhelming in itself. So check in with your teen, please. Thank you for listening to Wide Open Spaces with Elise today, episode 21, Teenage Life. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Maybe go explore some of it with your teen or your sibling or your grandchild or your friend. Thank you again, and until next week, my friends, ciao.